You're listening to the Promised Church's message of the week. And this week we have Pastor, the one and only Pastor Chris Donnell, delivering a message called Full-Time Christianity. Check it out. God bless you guys. You guys doing good? Oh man, you guys are awesome. I really feel like we, we were going to try to play a video from the Sen, but I don't think we could get it to work. Um, but if I would encourage you guys to go on Facebook, type in the Send, and watch all the videos of what happened uh, in Orlando, Florida. There was really a tipping point. There was really a, a shift in the United States of America and all over the world. I believe that he's coming back, and he's coming back really, really soon. Now, that could be 100 years. That could be 300 years, but we're closer today than we were 2,000 years ago. And that there's a tipping point. We're seeing that no longer is it about a man or a woman on a stage, but it's about every believer becoming a full-time Christian. So today, um, I'm going to hammer a few things. Is that okay? Like, I, I remember when I would work construction and we would do, like, demolition. I feel like today is demolition day. Has anybody ever watched Fixer Upper? Chip? Right? It's like his favorite part. I think that's my favorite part. I think that God created me as a sledgehammer for him. But we're going to come against three big lies that hold you back from being a full-time Christian. There's no excuses. And as my friend Todd White says, if the shoe fits, kick it off immediately and repent. We're moving into a season where there's a war against inaction. And every Christian's going to be activated to be used by God everywhere they go, every moment of every day. There's going to be a day, I was, I was watching uh, in, in worship, I just want to let you know that both services are going to be different. I never really know what I'm going to say until I start saying it. So chances are next service will be a completely different message. They'll have to post them both. Is that fair? Okay, that way I can say more because back home in Texas, when I speak, they give me two hours at a time. It's amazing. So 35 minutes in Jesus' name. It's going it's to happen. There's a war that's happening on inaction. If the shoe fits, kick it off. Every excuse is going to be removed. In, in worship, when I was watching worship and, and Ashley and Danielle and Anna are on the stage and they're expressing themselves to God and I'm sitting there just watching just enjoying the, just everybody worshiping God. And, and, you know, there's at times in the presence of the Lord that we, we do things that seem a little bit strange. Like, I'll rock back and forth, I'll raise my hands, I'll jump up and down. And I begin to think about what it's going to be like when Jesus Christ comes riding on the clouds. <laughs> oh, man, flesh is just, ah, the Son of God. Oh, like, what is it like if Jesus Christ were to walk in the room? <laughs> so a little bit of jumping, a little bit of hand raising, a little bit of charismatic Christianity is okay with me, right? It's so funny. People have a hard time with charismatic Christians, but then when they're in their car and somebody cuts them off, they have a charismatic worship service to the wrong God. They have a hard time wearing a shirt that says my life belongs to Jesus or Jesus at the door, but they'll wear a shirt of the Seattle Seahawks quarterback and they'll proudly wear it and talk to everybody about it. <laughs> if the shoe fits, baby, just kick it off. I don't believe in part-time Christianity. I believe in full-time Christianity. I believe that every believer is to be equipped for the work of ministry, Robert Morris made this statement. It changed my life. He said the moment that he realized on Sunday morning that he was not ministering to his people, but he was equipping them for the work of ministry, everything changes. I'm not here to minister to you. I'm here to equip you so that you can minister. Big difference. I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to make you uncomfortable. so that we can move you to action because I guarantee that when you stand before Jesus, you're going to have wanted to listen to this message and done something with it because you'll be judged for every word that comes out of your mouth and every action in your life. There's a great white throne judgment. 
you know Jesus Christ, you're going to go to heaven, but there's another judgment that we don't talk about very much where you'll be judged for every word and every action. You're going to be wishing that you were watching less Netflix and spending more time in the word. But it's not legalism. It's actually what you're designed and created for. It's what you're designed and what you're created for. So what I want to do is, is I, I quickly want to talk about why Jesus came. Okay, John the Baptist said, I'm not going to turn there. You can write this note down in Matthew 3:11. John the Baptist said, there's one that comes after me that will baptize in the Holy Spirit and that sounds like a good church service. Let me say that again. He said, there comes one after me that will baptize in the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit's not a side dish. The Holy Spirit is God. Say God. Okay. Baptism means to be immersed or consumed. So there, there comes one after me, Jesus, who will baptize, immerse the church, the body of Christ in God. Jesus came to completely consume you in God himself. What does that look like? That does not look like a casual Sunday morning attender. That does not look like a person on Sunday morning that raises their hands and the rest of the week they live like hell. That does not look like a person that raises their hands on Sunday and looks at porn on Saturday. Let's go there for a minute. Hello, guys. Who's never heard me speak before? I'm sorry. Okay, no, I'm joking. Uh, we got to be real. I believe that God is raising up churches and people that will actually talk about what really matters. Religion is a form of godliness. Void its power. There's Christians right now that believe that abortion is okay. Oh my gosh, there's people right now, Christians, that believe that homosexuality is okay in the church. We don't read the Bible. We allow culture to shape us and to mold us, and then we just go along with the trend, but it says true religion is to visit widows and orphans, to serve people that can't give you anything, and to be unspotted from the world. And God is raising up a generation that is going to have zero compromise. Zero compromise. Jesus came to fulfill the ultimate promise. This church is called the promise church. Right? The promise that he came to fulfill was to fill you completely with God himself. What does that look like? We have watered down Christianity to be, I'm going to make it until I get to heaven. Wrong. You are called to win. You are called to be more than conquerors. You're called to be overcomers. You are called to be filled with God every second of every day in every moment. I wake up right with God. I'm right with God all day long. And I go to bed right with God. Every day. I cannot remember a day that I was not right with God. But the religious spirit goes, how dare you say that? We're going to sin until we get to heaven. Wrong! I'm telling you, we're going to hit this thing like a sledgehammer. I remember demo day when I was, uh, like when I was working construction and I'd be in there like, like trying to pry the cabinet off and the boss would come in with a sledgehammer and go, we're not saving that. Boom! And just knock it off the wall. You can demo a room way faster. I learned this. I'm coming in with a sledgehammer because I've got 35 minutes with you guys. We're not meant to live in compromise. We're not meant to sin. There comes one that will baptize in God, in the Holy Spirit and in fire. The problem is, is that the Christian normal has become just like really weak. The, the reason why it's become so weak is because ministers, men, women, elders, pastors, leaders, overseers, bishops, live below the standard of what God has called them to. So because they live below the standard, they then allow their church to live below the standard. 
I, I got news for you. We're not going to live below the standard. We're going to live filled with God. We're going to be consumed by him. It's actually the best way to live. It's the most exciting, the most fulfilling, the most amazing. There is three distinct baptisms in the Bible. Three of them. When a person's born again, the Holy Spirit baptizes them into the body of Christ. They're saved. The second baptism is when a disciple baptizes a disciple. The third baptism, because there's moments where people would be saved and baptized in Scripture, and then the apostles would come along and say, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? And they'd lay hands on them, and they'd receive the baptism not of the Holy Spirit, but the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is where Jesus Christ himself baptizes a believer in the fire of God. You're not supposed to lose. You're not supposed to lose. You're supposed to win every day. Every moment. Okay, if you woke up tomorrow and Jesus was staring at you, you'd be like, man, today's going to be a pretty awesome day. The Son of God is looking at me saying, I'm going to spend all day with you. Would it be a great day? Anybody, right? What would you be halfway through the day and be like, hey, Jesus, Jesus, listen, this is going way too well. I just want to have a little time out. I need to go be human. I need to go sin. I need to go to that website. I need to go gossip. I need to go slander somebody. No, you're with the son of God. You're looking in his eyes and you're actually believing it when he says that you can be free. But Jesus actually said that it's better that he went to the right hand of the Father and sent the Holy Spirit, who's God, to fill you. How much better Jesus in you, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in you. In him you live, you move, you have your being. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Yeah, come on, baby. Noah's like, yeah, it's true. How much more the, sin, the mystery that's been hidden for ages has been revealed to you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we water it down to, I'm just going to make it through, brother. I'm just a little bit depressed today. I'm just anxious about tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. God is inside of you, filling you. On, you're on fire in him you're in him and he's in you and you're all in the father and you're just going through life as a burning blazing fire for God that's Christianity that's normal that's normal that's what every day of my life looks like but every religious spirit would say nope not true can't live that way well then you're living under the standard that Jesus died for you're actually living under the standard that he died for. He died to fill you. I mean, we're going to read a scripture here in a moment. I'm going to share just this one story. I've got so many stories. Maybe we'll get to more stories next time. I was in IHOP, not the house of prayer. Well, if it is the house of prayer. There's pancakes, and we prayed before we ate them. So we were in IHOP, and we sat down. And remember, I don't believe in taking a day off. So we sit down, and, and remember the way that we live is, as we look up, so Matthew 6, is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. So my, the way that I live my life is I don't have a prayer list for God, but he has a prayer list for me. Because people are praying, prayers go up, I'm looking for prayers that come down so I can walk them out and answer them. Right? And if you take care of his prayer list, he'll take care of yours. He's been taking care of Chelsea and I just fine. When I get into the presence of God, I don't have a list for God. I'm like, God, I love you. This is amazing. <laughs> when you're in the presence of God, 90% of your prayer list will vanish. Gone. When you seek God and not what God can give you, there's a lot of people that want the blessing without God. It's not good. So we're in IHOP. I think Joel was there in Florida. Just last week, I get a word of knowledge in my neck, so I said, I'll be right back. So I go over to this table, I kneel down, I said, excuse me, I'd really like to pray, 
I felt led in my heart to come over here to pray for you guys. The table just kind of goes <gasps> like this. Mom, dad, 12, 13-year-old girl, 10-year-old son. Well, why would, you, why would you say that? Well, I love Jesus. Well, no, then they say, well, what do you believe? I believe in Jesus. I believe he's the son of God. I'm a Christian. I follow the way. I'm actually a real believer. I don't just claim it and don't live it. I actually live it every day. And they go, oh, wow, okay. Well, we're Jewish. Awesome. That's why he sent me here. <laughs> so I said, so tell me, what's, what's going on with your neck? God spoke to me about your neck. Jesus did. He told me that you have a bad neck. The guy goes, how'd you know that? I said, Jesus told me. The lady goes, well, we believe that Jesus never died on the cross. We believe that Jesus survived the cross, which is absolutely not true. And then he escaped into, into Europe. I said, well, that's okay that you believe that, but that's not true because he appeared to me like I've had an encounter with Jesus. And he spoke to me about his neck. And the guy said to me again, well, how, how'd you know about my neck? Like two or three times. Jesus told me. He goes, well, I got to tell you this, man. Just, just a little while ago, I had a vision, like a visitation. Not a dream. I had a visitation from a man named Jesus. The woman, the mother, says this. Uh, yeah, actually, it wasn't just to him, but him and his friend both saw the man. <laughs> He's coming back! How about this? How about this? When Jesus appeared to that man, he knew that Chris was coming. You gotta think about this. He knows me. Oh my gosh, the creator of the world knows me, and he speaks to me? Oh my gosh! When he appeared to that man, he, he knew that I'm going to send Chris. I know that everywhere Chris goes, he's all in, all, every day. He actually lives out the gospel. And I know in like a year from now, Chris is going to be in that IHOP with Joel, and I'm going to send my son over there, and he's going to just clean up. Come on, he knows me! I'm right with God! Let's see, uh, pornography or right with God? Uh, Pastor, I think I'll take pornography. I think this is way better. No! <laughs> Come on for a minute. Let's see, gossip, slander, talking bad about people, living in compromise, right with God. I, I think I'll take this, Pastor. No! Like, if you understood... How amazing he is. When Moses said, oh God, let your glory pass before me. This is what God said. I'll put you there and my goodness will pass in front of you. God's glory isn't this feeling, it's his goodness. He's good. So, so as, as we begin to talk and, 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 I, and, I, and, and he's telling me about how Jesus appeared to him and said that he was all these things and... The, the wife's over here getting more and more closed off. I said, well, yeah, he appeared to you. He's the son of God. There's only one way to get to heaven. Only one came from above. So that's the only way that you can go to above. You have to be born again or born from above. Like, see, right now you're on a path that's leading the wrong direction, right? There's a way that seems right to a man, and its end is death, which is hell, and hell is a bottomless pit. It's utter darkness, it's the absence of God because God spoke and light happened and substance happened. So a place apart from God is utter darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like this is what hell is. It's a place actually that men choose. God doesn't put them there. Jesus came and said, over my dead body, will anybody go there? And then he put me at your table to tell you that you don't have to go there. So when I'm in heaven looking into hell, I'm actually going to realize that all those people had hundreds of thousands of chances to choose God, but they continued to reject God. Like God doesn't send people there. People actually choose there. And the little girl, 12-year-old girl says, Daddy, I want to be born again. I want to be saved. Mom says, not right now. I'm like, come on. Right? I said, well, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Many of my friends believe that she was born again in the moment that she confessed it. 
So we keep talking and explaining and talking about who Jesus is, and the mom's getting more and more agitated. And, uh, but, yet she, but I was honoring her, and, and then this is what the girl says. She says, actually, the little girl said, actually, we have pictures of Jesus in our house, and his eyes look just like yours. I said, yeah, because he lives in there, and he looks out every once in a while. Let's see, compromise or righteousness? I think I'll take compromise. Every time you choose sin, you're showing God that you don't actually believe that he's good. You're deceived. Every time you choose sin, you're showing God and yourself that you actually don't believe that he's better. You're deceived. Let me say it one more time. Every time you choose sin, you're showing God and yourself that you think that the world is better than God. Do, do you understand that in heaven, Lucifer was one of the angels, right? And he tried God in a sinless place. Like there was no sin in heaven. He tried God and sinned. And then Adam and Eve were in a garden. There was no sin. It was perfection. And they tried God. And now we live in a world that's fallen and God is looking for a people in a fallen world that will choose him. Because <laughs> if you choose him here, you'll choose him for the rest of eternity. Think about how heaven is. Oh my gosh, he's waking up. He's choosing me again. This is amazing. I'm just gonna fill him up every morning. I can't remember a morning. I'm, I'm sure there's one, but he has a sea called forgetfulness. Your sin is as far as your east is from the west. Find that place. If, there, if there's sin, you have an advocate. His name is Jesus. You can go to him. He'll remove it. He'll actually remove it. He'll cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. Oh my gosh, so many more stories. Maybe we'll get there next, next time. Okay. Three things, really quickly, that hold you back from being a full-time Christian. Number one is this. You actually believe that sin is better than righteousness. We have a church, not here, a church in America that actually believes that sin is better than God. Because you prove by your actions. That actually believe that sin is better if you're here right now and you're going, well, you know, I just, I don't think that, you know, and if there's this internal wrestling inside of you that's going, I think getting drunk, I think sleeping with my girlfriend, I think looking at pornography, I think that this, I've all the sin, if you think that's better than God, you are deceived. You are deceived. My life is so fulfilling. I have so much purpose. I have an amazing family. I am so fulfilled every moment. The Bible says that where the presence of God is, there is fullness of joy. And it's, my Bible says that sin leads to death. <laughs> that we actually as a church need to believe that righteousness is better. I didn't create me, I don't know what's best for me. God creates you. He knows what's best for you. God is not a cosmic buzzkill. We, we, when we think of church, like I, I was at, in Orlando. We went up to this bar where there was all these people and we started to preach Jesus and the bouncer was coming out. He was like six foot eight and he's telling us to get away. And I said, no, you need Jesus. And that's another story. My wife doesn't know it yet, so I probably shouldn't tell it. <laughs> and they're, 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 this is what they're yelling. Oh, just shut up. You're ruining our weekend. No, actually, your weekend is leading you the wrong direction. And actually, on the inside, you're a wreck. I'm not ruining your weekend, but we have this idea that if we do God's way, it ruins our weekend. I'm telling you, in this room, there's people that believe God's way is boring. There's people in here that believe that God's way isn't best. There's people in here that... That, 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 that are not actually convinced that God knows best. 
And so you will continue to try your way and you will continue to bankrupt your life over and over and over and over again. It's, it's, it's not an issue of whether you're saved or not saved. If you, if you believe in Jesus and you're trying to follow him, but I'm telling you that that lie needs to be broken, that we actually need to come alive to the fact that righteousness is better than sin. I wake up right with God. I'm right with God all day long. I go to bed right with God every day. Right, honey? Every day. Every day. It's like heal the sick, cast out demons, a lot in Texas, right? Haven't got to try to raise anybody from the dead lately. Heal the sick, preach Jesus, temptation. Are you kidding me? Every morning I'm praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day my daily bread. That's not speaking of food. That's talking about the word of God. Give me that daily bread. Satisfy me, O oh God. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. He does it every day. God did not save me to lose me again. <laughs> I just don't know, Chris. I mean, I just don't think it's possible to live as a full-time Christian. I mean, God saved me to lose me. It's how we live. We come to church, we get inspired, we go to school, we live like hell. We come to church, we get inspired, we go to work, and we look just like the world. Because you actually don't believe that righteousness is better than sin. You actually believe that conforming and man-pleasing is going to get you what you want. When you can't open up any door, and the Bible says, why would you fear man who can just kill your body? You better be fearing God who can kill your body and throw your soul into eternal fire. Take that Bible verse. Chew on that for a little bit. Seriously. The problem is, is there's an absence of the fear of God. We like daddy God. We like, oh, daddy, we love you. Come and comfort me. But we don't like just king. The beginning of all knowledge is the fear of God. Not like this, not like this fear of like legalistic fear. Like I'm one of the most joyful, fun people you'll ever be around. Ask Jonathan, ask Chelsea, ask Jesus. He thought the same thing. Ask Jeff, F. Jeffrey. I'm just always having fun. I'm not in a legalistic box. We're having a blast. Come on, I just want, I'm just hitting this thing really hard. I, I want to just shake this thing. Just like, come on, guys. Snap out of it. He is coming back. You are going to stand before him. You're going to answer for your life. You're going to answer for your life. Every thought, every intention. Every motive, everyone. But we leave here and we go kumbaya and we get just hoodwinked for the rest of the week. Enough. Enough. Enough, guys. Come on. Snap out of it. Wake up. It's time to wake up. It's actually time to arise. It's time to let his face shine upon you. Guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he's coming back. I'm telling you, when I get up here, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how it's going to come out. I'm telling you that I can't control my emotions when I'm up here. I'm telling you that if Jesus were here, he'd be saying it louder with a redder face. <laughs> Guys, what are we doing? I just really like my six beers a night. I like to veg out and watch five hours of Netflix a night. Let me tell you what you'll become exactly that. What you behold is actually what you become. Jesus commands you to worship him because he knows that what you behold is what you will become. In, in Psalm 16, 
It says, I will forever behold the Lord. I will forever behold the Lord. Therefore, because I behold him, my heart will be glad, my whole being will rejoice, and my flesh will be satisfied. In one act of beholding the Son of God, every part of you is satisfied. Every part of you is satisfied. So this, this lie, in Romans 6, I don't have time to go there, in Romans 6, verse 15, it talks about you're no longer a slave to sin, but you're a slave to righteousness. You're, you're not supposed to lose. You're not supposed to be in a cycle of sin. You're not supposed to be living in defeat every day. You're supposed to be more than a conqueror. You're supposed to, you're either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. If you sin, sin is your master. <laughs> it's the Bible. But if we don't read it, we then listen to compromised messages that tell us we can live below the standard and we can just make it through and be kumbaya. You're gonna be really, I would much rather you leave here and think, that guy was way too passionate, that guy was way too loud, that guy was way too intense, and he kind of offended me. I would much rather have you be offended at me now than 60 years from now when you stand before him. And then you'd be saying, man, I really wish I would have listened to that radical kid, that fanatic. I'm a fanatic, I'm a Jesus fanatic. Matthew 6, 22, 23 says, this, if your eye is single focused, your body will be full of light. But if of darkness, how great the darkness. If there's compromise in your life, you're a slave and the sin is mastering and pottering you. That's not the gospel. I'm a fanatic. You could walk out of here and say, that guy's lost his mind, he's crazy, he's too passionate, he's too in love with Jesus, he's calling people to too high of a standard. I'm actually toning it down so I don't make y'all leave. Because what's going on in here is way more fierce. I'm just holding back. You had a moment of, ah! Okay, keep it in. Ah! Keep it in. Ah! Keep it in. When I'm out on the streets, right, I'm, I'm actually like not trying to get people to believe what I believe. I'm actually trying to introduce them to a person. See, I've encountered Jesus Christ. There was a moment when I encountered him where I couldn't move. Two people had to carry me down. I saw a brilliant light. I was breathing like this, <gasps> like that, breathing like that. I couldn't, all, all I remember thinking is call my wife, I'm dying. And that man of God touched me and I fell out on the ground and I began to have this encounter with the Lord. I went back into my hotel room and I remember the Lord said he was gonna encounter me in my hotel room. I remember I brushed my teeth for like an hour because I didn't want him to come. He came in the room and I felt fire like a raging furnace in my stomach. I'm not preaching to you theology. I'm not preaching to you doctrine. When I read scripture, when I see Peter he comes out of an upper room and proclaims the gospel. He lived in Joel 2.28. He preached from encounter. That's why men were cut to the heart. When I see Paul in Acts 28, around in that, or Acts, sorry, 28's the end, and like Acts 20 to 28, there's a lot about Paul. When Paul's standing before King Agrippa, he says, oh great king, let me tell you about my Jesus. When I was on a road to Damascus, a great light shone around me. <laughs> See, the problem is, is that preachers are preaching from textbooks and not preaching from encounter. A Christian life without encounter is only a good theory. And that religion is poison. So we have all these people all over America that all they have is a religious idea of who God is, and they live like hell every day. I'm telling you, he's coming back. 
He's coming back. Like, like I'm, I'm telling you, it's not about the Jesus calling book. Let me, let me just talk for a minute. Oh, brother, I just, this Jesus calling book's changed my life. I mean, Jesus calling, man. Like, I just go around the neighborhood and tell everybody about Jesus calling. If we're not careful, Jesus calling becomes an idol that you put before Jesus himself. And then you tell everybody in your neighborhood about a book instead of about a savior. I'm not against Jesus calling. I'm not against good Bible studies. I'm not against great worship services, but I fear that we come to church week after week and we leave without transformation because we're like the woman. This story comes to mind. You guys know the story of the woman with the issue of blood in in Scripture? And she presses through the crowd and she touches the hem of Jesus' garment, right? Grabs a hold of it, and Jesus feels virtue leave his body, and she's healed. And Jesus says, hey, who touched me? And the disciples said, come on. There's like 250 people at the promised church. They're all bumping into you, Lord. All of them. Every Sunday, there's like 500 that come, and they're all here. They're all bumping into you. He said, no, somebody touched me. Do you understand that you can come Sunday after Sunday, Bible study after Bible study, Jesus calling book after Jesus calling book, page of Bible after page of Bible, and never actually encounter the risen king? Never actually in touch him. Never actually know him. Never actually see him. Colossians says this. For I want you to know, promised church, and those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding of the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. He's here right now. Guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's time, it's time to lay aside the sin that so easily entangles you. It's time to read Matthew 6, 22 over and over and over and over again. The eye that's single focused. It's time to set our face on Jesus Christ. It's time to put down all the books about Jesus and begin to behold Jesus himself. Psalms 34 verse 5 says that he who beholds God, his face will be radiant. It'll shine. Guys, there's a call to action going out all over America. It's not about an eloquent message. It's not about a three-point sermon. It's not about an altar call. It's about a choice where people say, I actually believe. Because if you actually believe, you'll actually change. If you actually believe, if you actually behold, if you actually begin to see him for who he is, you'll actually begin to believe that righteousness is better than sin. If you just stand with me, I'm going to just pick up this message in about 20 minutes and just keep preaching it. And then you can, if you have to leave, you can, you can just listen to the second. We'll post both parts of it. I'm a fanatic for Jesus. I'm single focused. I feel like I came here for one reason this weekend, to shout and to yell and to be a fool. I'm serious. I used to get down off the stage and go, man, that was too much. I wish I would have done more. I will will never apologize for being a fool for him. There's a call to action that's going out to all Christians in the United States of America. We're moving into the greatest harvest that will ever be seen in America. 
God saw it fit to bring Scott here, who I believe is one of the greatest one-on-one evangelists on the earth today. I know many evangelists, right? From, from, from guys like Daniel Kalinda to Todd White to Robbie Dawkins, many names you don't know, but some of the greatest evangelists. I've never met anybody like this man right here. And every Tuesday, he's taking people out. The only reason why you don't go is because you're scared. Let me say that again. The only reason why you don't go is because you're scared. Don't give me the, I'm too busy. You're scared. The only reason why you don't go is because you don't actually believe the gospel. Because if you actually believed it, if you actually believed that every person's going to stand before him, you would go. You would go. The only reason why you don't go is because you're apathetic and you're asleep. I'm telling you, it's like a sledgehammer today. Boom, let it wake you up. Let it wake you up. Let it wake you up. The only reason why you don't go is because you actually have never seen him. Because you let a Sunday morning service become a checklist item. When Peter stood up and he said, Hey, guys! Yeah, you that killed Jesus! And he begins to call them out. (laughs) The days of pretty preaching are over. The days of me trying to tickle your ears are over. Guys, your, your life is like a vapor. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. Your family members are going to die and go to hell if you don't preach Jesus to them. Your neighbors are going to die and go to hell if you don't preach Jesus to them. Your city is going to die and go to hell if you don't preach Jesus to them. But if all it is to you is heaven and hell and you don't have a revelation of the goodness and the kindness and the awesomeness of God, you'll never do anything for him. Because you actually don't have the love of God that will move you to action. Love is what will come and crush fear. This moment right now is a real moment. It's a sobering moment. I had no clue I would say this. But there is a call of action going out all across the world. Right now, it's time. The trumpet is sounding. God is coming. You can choose to be a part of this team or that team, but you need to choose. I'm not trying to control you or manipulate you. I'm not having, this is the opposite of hype. This is the opposite of hype. This is the opposite of hype. Hype is me trying to inspire you and lift you up. I'm telling you, God is coming back. Oh God, oh great King, let there be a revelation today of who you are and of what you've done for us. Oh God, awaken us, awaken us, awaken us to the reality of who you are. Oh great King, Come and fill this church with your presence and with your glory and with your goodness. Oh, great King, come and blow and breathe on hearts. Oh, great King, have your way in this place. God, I'll be a fool for you any day. It's time that the standard be raised. I'm not mad at you. I'm not upset at you. I love each and every one of you. But every day, you're walking by people that have never heard his name. You are worthy, O God. You are mighty, O King. We're done with compromise. 
You're worthy, worthy, worthy. Let there be a revelation released today that you're the best, you're the only way. Come and have your way. Awaken hearts. Awaken hearts. Awaken hearts. Awaken hearts. Awaken hearts. Awaken hearts in this place, God. Come and have your way, Holy Spirit. Come and have your way, Holy Spirit. Come and have your way, Holy Spirit. Release a revelation of what you did that day on the cross. Release a revelation of what you did that day on the cross. I know, I know right now that there's, there's things we need to do. I know there's kids in nurseries. I know I was a pastor here. We're going to get there. We're going to close this in a moment. Awaken hearts. If you know that you need to be called out of inaction into action, I want your feet right here on the stage. Not everybody needs to come. There's some of you that, that are good, but there's some that know they need to put their feet right on this stage right here. It's okay. Not everybody needs to come. There's a call to action today. It's not about, Paul says, I preach Christ and him crucified. It's not about an eloquent message. It's about just a person that's zealous and on fire for God that just comes in and goes, ah! Ah! <laughs> oh, oh, great king. Yeah, just a moment. No, if you know that's you, he's calling you to action. Oh, great king. Worthy, worthy, worthy God. Mighty, mighty, mighty God. And we worship you. And we worship you. And we worship you, God. You're mighty, mighty, mighty. <laughs> oh, read your Bibles. I hear heaven saying, read your Bibles. Read the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts. Read Colossians and Ephesians and Philippians and Galatians. Read the Gospels. He says, there comes one after me that will baptize in the Holy Spirit and in fire. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, as we close, every person that came up and put their feet on this stage. Father, I pray that you would baptize them with your fire. Right now in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you would come upon them and you would call them out of a place of fear, out of a place of apathy, out of a place of not, uh, and, and that you would bring them into the knowledge of who you really are. Because if we knew who you were, we'd tell the whole world. You tell the world about what you like. I went and saw this movie, let me tell you about it. I watched this football game, let me tell you about it. Jesus, I'll be quiet about it. Enough. God, come right now and bring a revelation right now. Bring a baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire right now on each and every one of these people. Father, I thank you for their lives. God, I thank you that they're responding. Lord, come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Holy Spirit, come right now. If you just stretch your hands out, Father, right now, just come right now and touch, touch, touch. God, there is work to be done. There is work to be done. There is work to be done. Break off fear right now in Jesus' name. Break off apathy right now in Jesus' name. Break off compromise right now in Jesus' name. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Break it off right now. Holy Spirit, come. Fall right now in this place. Come, Holy Spirit.
There's, there's like two people here that are having a really hard time with the way that I just ministered. And you're, you got a religious thing that needs to be broken off. You need to come right here, right now. You're going to get set free. There's two people that need to get set free of a religious spirit. I'm telling you, I know when I hear it in my heart. I need you to come right here, right now. There's, there's, there's more. There's people that he's going to come and break this, this religious thing that says this is what church is. This is what it's supposed to be. Just man-made waves. Same thing every Sunday. I'm not against those things. I'm for those things. But there's moments where God will bring a demolition day. There's somebody else. There's somebody else that needs to be set free. Like you don't even actually believe that you can be free. Come on, sweetheart. There's somebody else. Buddy, you're good. There's somebody else. God's just going to set you free. I'm telling you. You don't actually believe you can be free. Like you hear me talk about freedom and you're going, it's impossible. You're bound in the law. Come on, man. Is there anybody else? You, can, you guys can be free. There's freedom for you. Look in my eyes. You can be free. Like this is not just hype or man-made stuff. This is actually what the Bible is. If there's anybody else, if you come lay hands on them, Jonathan, come save me, please, buddy. He, he knows my weakness. Jesus is my weakness. We're just going to surround them. Jonathan, come up here and take the mic from me. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, the next service is going to be totally different. We're going to do two songs, and I'm just going to preach. They're probably going to bring chairs in. A lot of you guys should just stay, seriously. So, Father, we just pray right now, Lord, that you'll break off this religious stronghold, God, that's been placed on them because of the way that they've been brought up. God, I thank you that you're going to set them free. What a bold move to come forward right now for this prayer. Wow, God, their hearts are for you. So, Father, I thank you, God, that you're coming right now and you're bringing a shift into their life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Yes and amen. That is, that is the gospel. That is our hearts as a promised church. This is who we are. No compromise. No compromise. Thank you, church, for sticking with us, for being with us. If you are able to stay and you want to stay for second service, you're welcome to. If you have to go, I understand. It's no big deal. We're going to have our ministry team over here to continue to pray for anyone who would like prayer. And uh, if you're a guest today, if you're new, there's a connect card in, in the seat back that is in front of you. Uh, we'd love for you to fill that out and take that to our our guest table back there, we have a gift for you. We just want to bless you. Thank you, church. And uh, we'll be back starting here in just about 15 minutes.